Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into our podcast, but we know you may have an idea for your own podcast and that's why we are recommending you go get Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can create your own podcast and then like maybe have us on as guests. You should definitely have us on. For oh, we're, we're, I just checked our calendar. We're busy, Ooh. Oh, but we're available on this day. We can pencil okay, we'll you be, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we in. can do it. Okay, we, we it. said yes. Forget it. I don't like your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anchor is the system we use and it's got a lot of cool tools. You can actually, it's kind of a one-stop shop place where you can go, you can record, edit everything, even implement songs from Spotify into your podcast. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it the most, to be honest, is that it makes us money and I love money. And it also is free, which is kind of like, you know, you save money. It's like I think that's the biggest money. thing is like it's free. So you don't have to worry about like paying any kind of fee or signing up for thing. And they do everything for you. So... You can go there. They will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other places your family are going to ignore you on. So uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started for free. Mm-hmm. Did we mention it's free? Free and you make money. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Your family will ignore you. That's we're, true. It cuts to the core. We're not, we're not going to be on your podcast. Come on, kids, now gather round. Grab along and sit right down. What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground. It's the campfire shit show. And now, your camp counselors, Bo Hufford and Mero Climo. Guys out there, I am super stressed today because what? I just drove three hours in LA traffic with Merrill. And we were discussing this, and I think I want to ask our guest today, who is actually Brian Morante. Yeah. We are we are in an awesome space. We are in Nickelodeon Studios in Burbank, California. We're here uh, in his office. He is one of the head storyboard artists for SpongeBob SquarePants. He's worked on lots of shows like Monsters vs. Aliens. What other shows have you worked on? Penguins in Madagascar. Yeah. Breadwinners. Breadwinners. Yeah. What else? That's it. Uh, he also I think. Yeah. he also worked on his own show for a while called Ear Mouse and Bottle, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that, I just want to talk about how awful of a driver Merrill is. I feel relaxed. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do. I really feel great. It was awful, and I was talking, and maybe you can help me on this, Brian. You could tell a lot about a person by the way they drive. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of driver are you? Uh, I, I've been accused of driving fast and really? being a fast driver. Okay. Hmm. But I feel like uh, I'm not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we talking like, like 65 in a 55 zone or like? Uh, yeah. 70. Yeah. Maybe. Are, you a, are you a safe driver? I'm a safe driver. I, mm-hmm. I think the world comes at me fast and I can, I could take it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I like that. So that so, is a good metaphor. Uh, I do feel like I've driven with people where uh, they're clutching the uh, yes. seat a little bit. I yes. know, and it's distracting when you have a passenger that's like holding his head between his hands. Meryl, you're the worst driver I've ever been <laughs> with. Bo took I'm out <laughs> rosary beads while we were driving and started <laughs> praying. And I was like, it was so bad. What? And I was, because this is who you are as a person. You're a uh, listen, and this is not to be mean. No, you're any, obsessed with me. I know. Okay. You, you love me. No, you don't I'm have not, to do it. I'm not. But uh, <laughs> you're kind of a messy driver, and, and you're a messy person. And, and yeah. I can I can say this: you either go like a hundred miles per hour or like ten, and both are on the highway. 
<laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing? I like you're to slamming the brakes. You're speeding up really quick. You switch uh, lanes, but you do it so slowly, and then like back and forth, like ah. It's called finesse. No, it's I that's finesse not, my way that into the lane. That is not what finesse is. She likes to keep it fresh for the other drivers. Exactly. Oh, right. Keep them on their toes. It's like, oh, now right. I'm coming in. Oh, no, I'm not. And yeah. <laughs> you're we just also kind of unkempt because like, as even as a driver, and I was like, wow, that's really who you are. And then we got here to Nickelodeon and they gave us our guest badges. You stuck it on your chest and not even five minutes later, she'd already lost it, it three times. It was wrapped in my weave. It fell off and went in your hair. Then you <laughs> dropped it on the ground. Then you went to the restroom and it was stuck to the wall. It's like, it's so, like, how do you do that? I am here to bring joy in Brian's life. <laughs> and while he's driving fast, I'm here to hand him his like 7-Eleven Slurpee and be like, love you. And then that's it. Also, you, you left out that how many times did we stop from San Diego to Los Angeles? Four times. Because yeah, <laughs> wow. she has to piss. And then she's like, she already came 20 minutes late to pick me up. And then she's like, oh, I didn't get my breakfast sandwich. And so then she's like halfway through or doing that. And then she's like, I got to pee now. I was like, Meryl, we're late. There's a lot of stuff. We're going to L.A. It's not easy. It takes an extra amount of time this early in the morning. She's like, sorry. I wanted to bring proper nourishment into the game. So That's that not, I'm you don't get proper nourishment <laughs> at Starbucks. <laughs> the, you want our morning bun? <laughs> Bo's like morning bun is flying in the car. And I agree. I am. I stay in the slow lane the whole time I'm driving. I'm a yeah. very frustrating driver. Yeah. But I also don't have any like accidents, knock on Nickelodeon wood, uh, in my record. So, yeah. so my way is working out really well. For you. This will probably yeah, be the last podcast is, that we play. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's piles of uh, burning wreckage behind yes. me, but yeah. she's doing she's great. She's doing great. I yeah. caused like 17 accidents. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But this is honestly the coolest thing yeah, place we're here. we've been in, to in a long time. We're here in Nickelodeon. We're in Brian's office, and there are drawings and posters and art supplies everywhere, computers and lights shining. It's like a... It's great for it, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a toy store at Christmas time. It, it really is like a lot of stuff going on. Um, so let's get right into it. Yeah. Your job as a storyboard artist here on SpongeBob. What is your day-to-day? So I come in about, uh, I don't know, 10, 30, 11-ish. Everyone kind of holds their own schedule. Um, oh, and my then, gosh. That's so like yeah. now and future. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Everyone holds their own schedule. I yeah, love that. Literally are holding our schedule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you draw your own schedule. And so, um, yeah, just we, we have a script. Um, I'm working on one episode at a time alone on a, like an 11 minute so episode? the script is given to you some the writers yeah. hit it are you part of the writing process uh not technically like they're they go through a writing process and then um we get a script we do like a table read um not with the actors but like all the writers do all the voices and stuff and um get uh, a sense uh, of the episode okay yeah. so uh, and do the writers on spongebob also write on other shows or it's like spongebob has no dedicated? everyone's uh everyone's on here i actually i went to like i had a doctor's appointment the other day and he's like oh what do you do i work on spongebob oh wow oh is that still on blah 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 and he's like so is that all you do or <laughs> like you're like yeah that's like kind still, of a yeah. show you're still like, getting that age old question but what do you do for a full-time job right i was getting <laughs> he was it was like he was asking that it's like oh you know couple hours a day i work on spongebob turn that in you know like I drive move for on UPS and, the and then yeah <laughs> go to the next show and oh my gosh we used to get that at uh I yeah. worked at sea world yeah doing characters that's how we met actually doing characters way back when at sea world huh. and people would ask that too yeah like, oh do you just do characters or uh you know yeah. today i do characters tomorrow i'm 
doing training. Yeah. Right. I'm selling dolphins. hot dogs. Yeah, and then and I, yeah. I'm on the hot dog shift. <laughs> and then, no. My favorite question actually is uh, you're drawing live in front of people. And then someone inevitably comes up and says, are you an artist? It's like, I'm literally putting my hand to a pen to paper. <laughs> I'm drawing. No. Yes, I am an artist. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should go back to school. So, so how far ahead or how many, I guess, uh, how many writers are there? I want to like picture the whole process. Oh, gosh. What, what is that? Like uh, maybe six or seven off the top of my head. Okay. And I think I've never been in this process in the room, but like I think they um, brainstorm a lot of ideas and throw gags back and forth jokes back and forth and everything um and then it's assigned to one writer to you know hash out the script so somebody kind of finishes that that final run on the script then it gets handed off to you and that's your episode right so then you go through and you put visual pictures drawings to the story and so you kind of come up with the in some ways the visual comedy of the entire show right it's kind of like being a director a little bit where i could change the entire tone of the episode by how i how you, you know how it. i draw it yeah and uh i am involved in like i'm able to write lines of dialogue write jokes take things out move stuff around yeah. so in that way i'm a writer yeah but i'm not in their writing process so and then um you know a lot of times it will say uh spongebob walks into the room and he goes and gets a cup of water but you can't just have SpongeBob walk into a room and get a cup of water. Right. That's what it says in the script. So you have to create, you know, visually what that is and make it exciting right. because that's not very exciting. He's got to do that interestingly and very SpongeBob-like. In a very SpongeBob way. That's that's what I always find interesting about scripts and then uh, going into animation. It's like you not only have to do what the script is saying, but you have to understand what each character's personality and uh, you know, the psychology of that character. Because right. Patrick is going to do it differently than SpongeBob. Right. And you have to know that. Mm-hmm. And then you put that that into the show. Yes. Now, recently, um, one of your episodes that you actually took over won an Emmy. Is that correct? Yes. It won an Emmy for the show. For the show. So it's like they, you know, shows will submit an episode of their show to right. represent the entire show. Uh, mine was uh, Mimic Madness. Nice. That was the episode. And it won for best outstanding children's, you know, something. Bah, 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 bah. It's, it's clearly that it was very important to you yeah. since you don't understand <laughs> what the award was. You're like, he went to go get a cup of water. I forget this what This is the difference yeah. between when he worked at SeaWorld and now he's like, Emmy Schmemmy. I yeah. love yeah. that. Oh, you mean that back scratcher? <laughs> <laughs> it no, holds up the <laughs> other Oscar and like the, <laughs> the other. <laughs> it's a doorstop here at his office. <laughs> so, so do you have to go back? So say like SpongeBob is walking to go get a glass of water and then you're like, now he slips on something. Is, then you have to go back and kind of check it with the whole team again of like, no, not unless it changes some major thing in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, whatever he does, it has to go into his character, like Bo's saying, but it also can't change something in the story. Like now he's you know, like if he slipped on a right. thing of water on the way, it's like, well, what is that causing? That has to be motivated by something and be move the story forward in some way. So there's all these different things to balance. Um, while doing making those choices. what I find really interesting and I've heard you talk about this before it, and you just said it is uh, you kind of get the script thrown to you yes. and they kind of go go make something cool 
Yeah. And you just go off on your own. You're not day in, day out, like talking with the guy next to you or some higher up or you don't have a a bunch of people that are finishing off stuff that you're doing. You just like, yep, okay, this is my episode. I'm going to do it the way I do it. So each episode kind of has its own uh, artist. You know, how many episodes a a season do you do? Oh, I have no idea. Like how many Uh, episodes are there? 24? I think there's probably... 40, 11 minutes or something. Okay, so 40, 11-minute episodes. You take probably, what, 12 to 15 of those? Yeah, a third of it. So that means like your fingerprint is on those, and that tone is probably a little bit different than the other storyboard artists, right? Right. So you can kind of tell after watching the the tonal Ooh, now I want to start paying attention. Do you know what I mean? I could say, oh, this is definitely a Marante episode. Right. (gasps) I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. I I do think you're right, but um, I think it would take a very keen eye that watches, A, a lot of SpongeBob. Yeah. Knows me very well. Yeah. Uh, knows my artwork very well. And and that would be uh, probably just you. Yeah. <laughs> my, minus <laughs> watching SpongeBob. Sounds like even before we came here today, I have Bo has shown me like, like I feel like he's a proud father or something. He's wa- I, we watched like <laughs> well, eight hours sure. of your stuff. Yeah. For sure. And how far ahead are, when you get a script, like how far ahead is that episode coming out then? It's like a year. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, okay. It takes like nine months from when I get it or I think when they write it to when it's finished. And then a lot of times Nickelodeon will hold on to the episodes, kind of like build them up yeah, and then like make a big release. Like they just had a whole week of new episodes, but they'll hold on to them. One episode that just aired, I was doing uh, during the election. Wow. So that was quite, they've been holding that for a while. Wow. So. So, but your part of it after the writing, handing off to you to the time that you're done, how long is that process? Uh, I get five weeks, five weeks to do an episode. Then it gets taken and sent to somebody to do, uh, cleaned up, finished drawings, coloring, all the other stuff. Right. Um, and going, just going back to like how I don't have to talk to anybody else. Mm -hmm. They literally hand me a script and I don't see them for five and a half weeks and then I have to pitch it. That's not normal. Yeah. Other shows, they're checking in every week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I've been on a show where sometimes they check in every day to see what's. Do you hear been what happening? Brian's saying right now? He's saying he's a motherfucking baller. So, uh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going with this. Except I was but saying that he had the uh, owned by a Viacom like bar stamp on his finger. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps on pulling. I feel like they're. Yeah. they're they yeah. scan me in and out, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's twitching. <laughs> but, uh, the reason they're able to just let us go is they found, you know, they went out of their way to find three specific guys, me and two other people. Yeah. Um, to where they just trust us and they yeah. know we could do the job. Right. And we, they just let us go. That's the way to do it. We were talking about that even coming onto the lot here and we haven't taken a tour just yet uh, because we kind of wanted to come in cold mm-hmm. and just uh, talk but um, how just the atmosphere here is a lot like what you hear of Google or these companies like Facebook maybe that right. it's just like this open arena where you come and go as you please. The hours are kind of, you know, flexible and there's people we walked in and somebody was like having a cappuccino and this guy over here is reading a book and it's like a weird time. It's like 10 in the morning yeah. or something. It's, like, it's not lunchtime. So people are just kind of here. They get their work done. They know what they have to do. Do you feel like that's all the way across Nickelodeon or just kind of here in this pocket that you get that kind of freedom? Uh, no, I think that's all across Nickelodeon. Everything I've worked on, um, it's 
you know, do what you want as long as when that deadline comes, yeah, you're turning your stuff in and you, it's of quality. You, you know? said something to me a long time ago and I was sort of telling her about as long as the thing you're doing is undeniably good, yes, no one's going to challenge how you did it. Right. So you can sit on your ass for four weeks and then do the entire episode in one week. But if that episode is amazing, then what yeah. are they going to say? Hey, don't do it that way. You yeah. know, it's like as long as you do your work and do it awesomely, like undeniably right. good. No one's going to challenge it. Even your enemies. Frenemies. And do you when you first draw, is it? With like pen to paper, or is it on a computer at first? Or like, uh, I feel like I'm like your 80 year old grandma. Right. <laughs> I'm like, do you use a coloring book? Or <laughs> I don't know. Etch -a -sketch. <laughs> I'm like a confused grandma. Yeah, we do have computers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the future. For the most part, um, sometimes they'll take little notes as I'm reading the script and draw in the script on paper. Uh, but for the most part, just dive in right on the computer. To, yeah, into the computer. And you already have everything, the, the recorded audio is there for you, right? I don't. What? Yeah. So you're doing all the sketches so, without knowing what they're going to absolutely yeah, say? Yeah, other shows, I've had all the audio, sometimes even music and sound effects. This is... You're you going know, in cold. I'm co going in cold, and I think it's to um, give us even more freedom. If we come up with something, we want to change things. And then I believe they take our boards and uh, into the voice record. And Tom Kenny, who plays SpongeBob, he looks him over and he actually directs the voice record based on the drawings. Wow. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, who are the voices on the show that people would know or are just prominent in the, the SpongeBob world? Oh, gosh. Well, Tom Kenny, everyone knows Tom Kenny, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somewhat. Um, yeah, he's the voice of SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How could you not know him? Clancy Brown. Okay. He's. Uh, Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> he's Mr. Krabs, right? <laughs> SpongeBob's boss. Yeah. But he's the guard in the Shawshank Redemption. Shut Whoa. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So have you met him? Uh, yeah, li like briefly. And I've run into him a couple times, like literally in the hall. Like, whoa. Well, you know, yeah. he's a very tall. He carries a stick. Intimidating. He's very like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, tarring the roof earlier. <laughs> and, uh, just got some beers for your uh, friends. I was like, how is it doing voiceover? And he just held me by the collar and held me over the <laughs> edge of the building. I was, all right, I, I'll stick to drawing. I'm sorry. I, that is funny when they have a tour, everyone like is reading a book and sipping a cappuccino, but then we leave and they have to like, they're cleaning the bathroom with a toothbrush. I'm like, <laughs> like, we know what really yeah. goes on. Yeah. Um, who is the most famous person that you've met uh, coming through the studios? Oh god! Or the one that you liked the most? Like you were just like, wow, I got to meet that person. I haven't really met them. I've seen a lot of people. I've seen uh, Dave Foley. Oh like, yeah, a couple times, like a few times, like waiting kids in the out. hall. Yeah, and I was I was a big kids in the hall fan. Yeah, and I walked by once and i was like i, I should say something <laughs> I, I well what am i gonna say what i should and then i didn't say anything I was like, and then i beat myself up i'm like i should have said something and then i saw him like two more times i still didn't say anything <laughs> <You> <laughs> like, should, like, that's it i'm gonna build the courage yeah. and next time i say i'm gonna say the no nope. first time I'm, oh my god and then <laughs> the third time i'm like hey dave what's up dave you should create a cartoon of you going up and saying hi and then just yeah. like slip it to him and be like yeah. put this flash drive in your computer <laughs> 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 so is uh. it like um you know, like the way Photoshop and GarageBand and all that kind of stuff is. So there's one program that you guys use. Yeah, we use Storyboard Pro, 
which is probably not known to many people unless you're doing this work. It's not an uh, in-house program. It's actually something you can get out right, there. Right, you can buy consumer. it. Consumer. And was that something you were well-versed in before when you started? Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're interviewing for the job, it, you're like, don't know this. It was pretty intuitive. What, uh, what, yeah. I worked on Breadwinners before this, and it was Flash. I didn't know Flash at all. And so it was like the first couple of weeks I felt like I was drowning. Uh, but I learned that, and I think learning that, I can do anything. So it was pretty intuitive. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, how you got into this yeah. in the first place. Uh, so, like, I, I've wanted to work in animation my whole life. I um, got a job at SeaWorld doing characters, which was a real step up from Pizza Hut. <laughs> you know, I could draw and make even more money, and uh, this guy in the interviewing me uh, named Bo was excited about my work and i was like whoa an artist likes me um, <laughs> he was so good from the get-go you just oh, had yeah, a portfolio okay. of like breadsticks that you've been drawing like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is mommy breadsticks this is baby breadsticks this is a supreme pizza <laughs> it's got sausage and bell pepper <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so i went through all that Bo left came back um i really think uh when you came back and we started hanging out and uh and working on in space it really um I don't know, up my game a little bit. I definitely saw you like evolve I, I, quickly. In so that, in space yeah. was something you guys pitched a cartoon. Yeah, we, yeah, we came up with this idea. It can. I, it came out like about with uh, like a we're gonna make an activity book. Remember yeah, it that? started as a comic book slash activity book that we wanted to do that was uh, very much <clears throat> felt like it came from the animation world. You know, it looked like a, a full on cartoon, but then you'd get to a part in the book, the story where the main character would have to do something, some sort of challenge, but you as the viewer you as the reader would have to do that challenge, like a maze, mm. a puzzle, something like that. And then once you figured that, uh, like did that, completed it, it would let you move on to the story. So it was that kind of activity book and it was in space. And then that evolved into like, why don't we make a cartoon? Yeah. And uh, like a short. <laughs> and they were like, let's right. do a full on <laughs> cartoon. And we were, I remember walking on the beach with you coming up with ideas for like episodes. Right. And, and we would meet every week and talk about it. And it, it evolved over a couple of years. By we, let's, let, let, by, uh, let's us make a cartoon. It's let's come up with ideas together and then you go make it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You go, you go animate. Bo has a way of doing that. <laughs> on, the, on the card right here, let's really like get this podcast marketed. And then that means like do it all. Like. No, that just means she needs to step up her games. <laughs> I hear you. And, and Brian's so good at animation. There's no way I could even touch it. Yeah. When you're there's good, no you just way don't that have you to be questioned. Listen, right. when you see Brian's work and we're going to post some of it. Yeah. You just... <laughs> It's stupid good. Yeah, it's get just get ready, guys. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> Are you ready? Um, yeah. So we we went through that. Go ahead. I, I think uh, just hanging out with you and we were um, we talk about movies a lot on top of you know developing this idea and then um, talk about shows, Mad Men, all get different kinds of. I think a lot of that stuff fed into my you know way of thinking and just you know improved a lot of yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah, we were going to, I had moved out of my parents' house way earlier than 30, for the record, <laughs> when, you, when you did <laughs> Sounds not live in San Diego. Sounds way better. Sounds way better, Brian. So at some point, I, I was just so depressed after, you know, working at SeaWorld for, I think, at five or six years at this point, and I was just getting nowhere. I was doing a ton of animation. I was uh, submitting portfolios all over town. Uh, I was just getting nowhere, and it was like, I just had to, like, take a step back from like paying rent and yeah. i was in a very fortunate position to do that 
yeah. and just kind of take that pressure off of me. <clears throat> I always tell my parents now, I'm like, if they lived out here, I'm like, can I live with you? And they're like, nope, I'm not. I'm 35 and I like, I would crawl yeah. into like my bedroom with them if I could. <laughs> Sometimes I think about it. Uh, no, but uh, so it's like once I got some of that pressure off and I, I really started to try to focus on my artwork, which again, a very fortunate position I was able to be in with that. Um, I think that really helped. And then um, you moving out and we hung out. And actually, uh, I don't know, like we worked every shift together. Yes. And had every lunch together. I would never tell the other employees that, but like I created the uh, schedule to that. Aww. Brian and I would always work together. <laughs> oh every day gosh. he worked, I was at the same stand. Well, because we just had a great time. I, I, it wasn't like work anymore. You guys were like two little orcas trapped in a tank together. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's no, you guys aren't bound by SeaWorld yeah, anymore. No. Or something. Uh, it was yeah. the nerd shift. Yeah, it was the nerd yeah. shift. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd take lunch and lunch because it's me and I was the manager. Oh, we can take an hour and 15 or an hour and a half. And so we'd yeah. end up going to some far off place and just get into some weird adventure. And, and that's the way work was for the entire time that you were there with me. Yeah. So uh, all through this, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get into animation. At some point, um, me and LaShonda, my wife now, girlfriend then, uh, we um, we just wanted to move out and get out, and we needed a change. And um, we were going to move in with you, like you said. Yeah. And um, it was uh, it was actually our friend Lindsay. She got into USC, and we she was moving into uh, um, up to LA from San Diego, and I helped her move. And something about helping her move to LA, I realized how easy it was, which sounds or how simple it was. Yeah, which sounds oh, weird. Oh, and it, you're just like boom, you know? and now you're in LA. Like, yeah, it's like in my head, it's it was such a big move to go from San Diego to LA. Uh -huh. But um, having done it, and then so in that moment of helping her move, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move up here. Forget trying to find a job. I'm going to move right. up here and then start, you know, looking from the inside. Yes. Yeah. And as soon as I said that in my head, made that declaration to the universe. Yeah. My phone rang and it was uh, Disneyland Tokyo. That's right. And it they said, would you like to move out to Tokyo for one year? And uh, and I think they were paying like something like 30 or $40,000 yeah. Japanese money. Right. Yeah. But so I mean, was that something that you applied to? Like, or did they, no, just I don't know. They randomly got my name somehow. And as soon as I made the decision, yes, I'm doing this. It was almost like the universe saying, are you sure? Oh, and I was like, I was super broke at the time. I'm like, that kind of sounds amazing to move to Tokyo for a year. And right. They would take care of everything for me, like my apartment and everything. Uh huh. So, um, I turned it down and I said, no, this is what I'm going to wow. do. And yeah. at the time we were trying to move out and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this and uh, I need to back out of this and yeah. I don't want to sign a year lease into something. I, you know, and then like you said, I immediately got a test and, See, look at you. I it want so badly to move to L.A. So I just bought a home in San Diego. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait to live in L.A. And then I'm like, in 2048. It's so but funny. Like, the windows were down in the car. It's like, smell that exhaust. Oh, I love it here. I was like, oh, well, my that, God. you shouldn't be excited about yeah. that part LA of L.A. <laughs> I told Bo that I like the smog in L.A. I'd rather be 
like in it with rather than like at the sand in San Diego or yeah. something like yeah. <laughs> so wrong. So did you uh, even before so that job? What were some of like the earlier on rejections that you got in the form of did they even just not call you back? Oh no, they they send a letter that they probably print out five hundred times and send out all across the country. You know, just yeah. like oh thank you for your stuff. We'll look at it and maybe if there's a thing someday we'll. I think what's uh, how many times did you apply for even Nickelodeon? Uh, probably Nick like five times. Yeah. Well, wow, really? So that's yeah. r- that's like really inspiring to people to hear. I think. Well, that's that. one thing that I thought was really great is, uh, and I think is a good message to other people, uh, th- especially trying to get. And it doesn't have to even be an art job or in the industry. It's um, you were a little bit all over the place in your portfolio. Yes. And then we went to like uh, essentially like an art animation festival sort of thing, right? Where you could actually stop and talk to the artists from other studios and. Uh, somebody from Pixar looked at your stuff and yeah. they said, okay, s- they looked through your stuff, which your pol- portfolio was awesome. And they said, okay, yeah, but what do you want to do? And you were like, I don't know, maybe like storyboard. And they were, I think they said like, yeah, just this, do storyboard then. Like, yeah, do that. So they had, I had like character design and then storyboards in there. And it was like, okay, well, which one, which one do you want to do? And it's like, uh, story. And like, okay, just, put that in there though. interesting just do your portfolio uh, do the thing that you say that you want to do so they'd rather see that, that yeah. than like the and then the minute you did that yeah things just you started got, falling you oh my gosh how like, interesting i w- early on i was just like i could do anything and everything right. please accept me you know right. um just take me on i'll do whatever you want and that's not what they're looking for they're looking for very specific like can you do this one job very well and then in this style, very well, like comedy or, yeah. you know, action or something. It, so which it, is funny. I think uh, like society has told us to be super well-rounded, be good at everything. But really what they were looking for was that one thing. They want right. someone to be able to do that one thing. And if you're applying to like a job in Nickelodeon, is it blasphemy if like in your portfolio, do you include Nickelodeon draw? Like, would you draw a SpongeBob? Thing oh, to try no. To they, no. Okay. So yes. That's kind of weird. They like, would not want like any studio. Like they've already got Mickey Mouse. Yeah. At Disney. They, like they don't want to see any like, like they want to see your stuff. Okay. And, okay. And how you your brain works. And uh, right. Yeah. So um, that would be cringeworthy, as they call it. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> it would be cringing. <laughs> so you get the job. After the fifth yeah, time. So, so you oh, moved wait, to no, LA okay, first yeah, or yeah. you were still in you were still in San Diego? No, yeah, so I never even moved to LA. I never had that chance to say, I'm gonna move to LA and just go. Um so we actually I think it was both of us, we went up to see our friend Manny at CalArts at the time. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I was like, As long as I'm driving up, I'll just drop a portfolio off at that's Nick. Right. And I just happened to so two friends moving to LA kinda had a hand in me like yeah. you know pushing so um i turned it in and um it wasn't till months later right after i was kind of backed out of yeah you know the apartment they called and i got a test i took a test turned it in and then a couple weeks later they're like come in for an interview it wasn't an interview it was more like a, just a talk uh-huh. i think it was just to make sure i'm not crazy yeah <laughs> like yeah, a yeah. crazy person <laughs> uh so i did that and then i got the job and then uh, they had told me that like, the seat that I took was open for a year. And they had looked at everyone, everyone in town for this position, which wow. was just a storyboard revisionist on Penguins at the time. And that's the person underneath uh, a typical storyboard artist. Right. It's like I'm f- making fixes and uh, being directed by the director and 
doing all sorts of little jobs. But like if um, you're like that glass of water needs ice cubes in it or something, that's what right. They do, It'd be like, like, oh, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, as soon as I got the job, like a week or two weeks into being here, my phone rang again. It was Nickelodeon and it was a different show. It was the show right above us on the, you know, the next floor up. And they were like, we just found your portfolio. Can you take a test? <laughs> I, I said, I just literally started on another show. I can't. You're and like, then, I'm on floor number two right now. Like, yeah. I can come up in 10 seconds. And I think even like the same day I got the job, like I got the phone call um, that I got the job. I got another phone call later from Nickelodeon. Hey, we just got your portfolio. Oh Do you want to take a test? And so it was like nothing forever. And then all of a sudden, like, I got my priorities straight in my head, I guess. Like, yeah. like I'm for sure doing this 100%. Like, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to do specifically what I want to do and yeah. how I do it. And then that's when everything fell in line. And they were like, please come. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. That's awesome. That is so, so, you, so you said no to the other ones. At right. First, and then you stayed on Penguins. Yeah. Yeah. So I just... um I was on there for like three years. So was it when you first started where was it crazy to adapt to like now you're a real because it's like kind of like you get this job in your mind and then it's like, oh, now I have to do the day to day like nitty gritty of it all. That wasn't so hard. I was surprised at how um, I slipped into that like a glove. I was oh, like, oh, oh yeah. this is just what I do at home. Like this is there's no big, you know, there's some learning curves uh, for like technical things. But um, that was fine. It was uh coming in and like I remember my first day I came in and I had there was a desk and a Cintiq and a computer and a phone that looks like this phone that you people can't hear can't see um, <laughs> can't touch yeah uh, and it had my name on it like on the screen and I was like oh this is uh, real yeah. like <laughs> this is too much like they don't know I'm a fraud yet. Oh my gosh. Oh my I was God. just going to say the fraud thing. Everyone <laughs> yeah. has the fraud thing. I feel like like 60% of people stop their life or stop their like trajectory because right. they feel like frauds. And right. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like they had bought all this stuff for me. And it's like, I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. Do you have any like spare, uh, you know, like paper I could just draw on the back of or like <laughs> you have MS paint. I'll just use that. Don't give me the new stuff. I could just etch it out with some charcoal or something <laughs> I found on the street or... But uh, yeah, it was, it was that was a big shift. Yeah, and then you worked through a couple shows. Yeah, so um, I was a revisionist on Penguins of Madagascar, and then uh, that ended, and they were starting a Monsters vs. Aliens TV show. Very exciting, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only you and I are yeah. like. Oh. Uh, I I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, so. But um, I was a huge fan of working <laughs> and money. But no, but like uh, all the Penguins crew moved on to um, Monsters vs. Aliens. And uh, they gave us all a test, even though we were, you know, they knew us and stuff. So I just like put a million, I just took the test like crazy, like put a ton of effort into it. And they looked at it and uh, I was going to come back for as a revisionist and they called uh I, we were off for like a month hiatus in between and they called and said we can't find anyone to do be you know do boards that were better than your test wow so you're going to be a board artist 
Yeah. Like, okay. And yeah. I had just gotten to the point where revisions weren't really um, challenging or anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like this was like a wave coming at me. Yeah. You know, I had just kind of leveled oh, yeah. off. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I You're totally, like, I, this. Like, I totally know what I'm doing. And uh-huh. I can handle anything that comes at me. And then they throw me in the ocean. And when you took a test in the animation world, that's, uh, that's you doing an actual storyboard. That's you getting yeah. a script they give and you doing a couple, it from scratch, right? A couple pages of script and yeah. seeing what you can come up with. And that show is, so you're starting with a new show. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So it's like. So you go from revisionist to board artist. Yeah. Yeah. And then quickly you're just thrown at that. Yeah. So um, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I kind of did, but um, it it did feel like I was like in a very um, wavy ocean. I love hearing you say that you were like unsure. You, you, you weren't sure you were prepared for it or you were a fraud because watching you over the years, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Your stuff is so good, like straight out of the gate, and oh. I just can't even believe it. So, and that just shows that no matter how good you are, all of us mm-hmm. struggle with that confidence right. at, at some point, at least. Yeah, and then I struggled with uh, more of that confidence. My first pitch with my first board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Are you a fraud?" <laughs> then they I asked said, you. Yes, and I ran out of the room, <laughs> and I, I was you, in tears. You took the phone with you and said your name. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I need this. <laughs> but a lot of, uh, you know, my boss at the time, really smart dude, and he's just like looking, like, why is it, why are you doing this, and what is that, you know, <laughs> like. Really? Oh, boy. Uh, you, and you really did feel like you were found out a uh, bit? A little bit. I mean, uh, I was just trying to keep it together but uh over the next you know several episodes i i learned my stuff and um i think by the end he came up to me and he's like oh if we get a second season you're gonna be a director yeah i was like okay and then we didn't get a second season so. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just a whole nother ocean that i was you but know, you went on to, to another show head. after that and didn't you become a director of, of sorts yeah so um kind of in between um, well, I was, I had pitched ear mouse and bottle yeah. to the shorts program. They have a shorts program, um, here where, uh, so I had that on the tail end of monsters versus aliens and Nickelodeon didn't want to let me go when that show ended. When the show ends, you're out of a job. Right. You find oh my gosh. So you're basically starting from scratch. Yeah. That's something really interesting about the animation field is that th- it goes by show length and, and right. you, you're on a season and if they haven't greenlit it or maybe they're like, well, we're not going to start season two till eight months from now or something. They just let you go. Yeah. You're, you're out of a job. And that's why a lot of people jump from studio to studio working on different projects. Right. Yeah. And it's not totally you're starting from scratch because you get to know all these people around you and they all know you mm-hmm. and how you work. And then they go off to Disney and, Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers, and then when they say we need people, like oh, how this about guy this guy? Is, yeah. So, um, but Nick didn't want to let me go, and so they put me in development, and like um, I was working on other people's pilots, and like just helping out, you know, here and there yeah. until Breadwinners came up, and then uh, I got a job on that for storyboards, and eventually, yes, I became a director on that show. Yeah. So by the time like they go to air with a show there's almost a full year worth of like a, a full season is, is wrapped up so like by the time they like breadwinners was on nickelodeon a whole it, season was yeah i feel like uh i th- i think we were like over halfway through that's so cool yeah and do you ever like look at the kind of reviews of shows in general like are you into that of how the reception of an actual show is i do check it out it doesn't affect 
affect me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like curious what people are going to say. Um, typically, like the internet did not love breadwinners. <laughs> <laughs> I think kids loved it. Like they loved the show. But, um, you know, if you read online, like it's the worst thing to ever be created. Uh, you really? know, like, I, I don't know. Like there's a lot of... Uh, hate in the animation community it's, for that. It, yeah. but I feel like these if you're are all like 22 yeah. year old I was going to yeah. say people. if you're spending your time hating on like a, a like on breadwinners and you have bigger problems then yeah like to me it's like <laughs> it, like go do something like <laughs> like, like what I, are you doing on the internet yeah uh i i think it was kind of doomed because right as we were going to premiere was when Miley Cyrus was on MTV and did like twerking and stuff uh-huh. mm. and that became like a huge controversy and a thing and um, there was a lot of butt shaking in our <laughs> in our show, really? and it was like premiering, and that was all the the, the commercials, and it was just like this backlash of like like nonsense. especially from parents, like we don't want our kids yeah, to like, be Ooh. Miley Cyrus, and or or like uh, the show's just trying to like you know be the latest thing, right? You know, twerking, twerking. Yeah. It's like trend. oh, but this was made like a year and a half ago yeah. or something, and it's yeah. just silly. So you like crumpled up all these pictures of butts that you've been drawing in your office. Right. You're, <laughs> you're like, oh. I just put a red cross across it. Like all the hundreds butts. of. That's so interesting. Uh, so after yeah. that, then you you skip over to Nickel. Or I'm sorry, you skip over to SpongeBob. Yeah. So Breadwinners was ending, and um, from what I understand, like the guys who run the show, um, they were in the kitchen over here, and they asked a friend of mine, like, who's really good at cartoony stuff. Oh, Brian. And so they contacted me and they gave me a board, uh, a script. It's like a freelance script just to see, I think, how I did. Yeah. And I turned that in. And then uh, after that, they're like, hey, how would you like to come over here and join the team? Damn. Like, sure. Did you love SpongeBob as a, like a younger man? It's been around for I a while. I was definitely a younger man when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in my 22 to 25. Yes, when I was yeah. writing uh, <laughs> yeah. reviews on the internet. <laughs> but it is so funny because I think of like a six-year-old being like, I'm a younger man. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I guess I just meant like, you know, SpongeBob's been around for a long time. Yeah, since 99. Yeah. So I was, Since when I met you. Yeah, I was 19 <laughs> when it yeah. came out. Yeah. But like there are people on this show that were kids when the, the show came out. And now they're directing it. Wow. Or they're <laughs> drawing on it. So like... I was a fan like from arm's length, like as a cartoonist, I was like, right. wow, this show is so cool looking. Right. It's funny. And like, um, we even like everyone who was working at SeaWorld at the time, we went and saw the first movie in the theater. Right. And, right. um, and then, but like that was pretty much it. But now I'm like, people know like the inside scoop, like they know background characters, they know lines and yeah there's you know, a universe almost I'm like, like uh, simpsons I, in a way yeah right? i could do that with the you know the simpsons to a certain point but like uh i can't do it with spongebob and i work on it and <laughs> I, I post stuff from you know my boards and uh it's like oh that's that one character from i'm like uh i just made that up like <laughs> i was just trying to get out of here and like <laughs> how cool is that though that's crazy to think about that like the stuff that you create then becomes for a cult following like a big yeah. deal i think that's really cool like that i don't know yeah you it, you probably have a lot of your stuff like i p- feel like people probably have tattoos of yeah i, I found a couple memes of uh you know things from my episode i'm like oh i drew that um <laughs> <laughs> um but, didn't, uh, didn't you say that there was like when the new spongebob came out there was a little bit of a backlash this is gonna be awful they're gonna ruin spongebob right and then it sort of 
like some of the episodes you would put out there, like it was getting good like attention. Yeah. So like um, everyone, you know, stopped making the show to make the second movie that came out and then everyone came back to make the show. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, it's been around for a long time. People ask, why is it still around? Yeah. Why are they milking this thing? Even I was kind of asking that at a certain point before I worked on the show, because I'm trying to get a show made and on the air and SpongeBob's on all the time. And it's like, okay, you've had your chance. Step aside. Yeah. Let more, but right. um, let the next let original content yeah. come in. And so a lot of people have that idea, I guess. Um, but they kind of reinvented how they make the show after the second movie. They learned a ton of stuff, mm. um, like just to throw up, you know, um, the boards real quick. Just do them real quick and funny and silly, and then like start doing uh cutting it down from there i don't think i'm explaining this no, very well. but, uh, <laughs> in terms of like the uh, anime like technique or so like um uh the board the the episodes used to be board driven which means the board artist writes the episode they get a th- an outline of a story and then they board to that um so now they're writing scripts and kind of changing things up and it used to be the board artist will draw um characters and then they have to clean it up and put it very on model, which means it has to look exactly like SpongeBob. It can't deviate very much. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that takes a lot of time and effort. And um, so what they've done is kind of separated those two jobs where I'm the guy that comes in first and I just do it rough and dirty and funny and silly. And I'm not worrying about anything else but that. And then a whole nother team is you know making it really look like and like continuity and like yeah Yeah. and i think in doing that it frees up my job to move the characters around more make it crazier make faces and where before i think it was getting a little stale where it's two characters standing next to each other and they're not moving they're talking back and forth and it's just talking talking yeah Mm -hmm. because that's a lot to have to go back and clean up if you're jumping the characters around and doing right. you know, action and stuff. So, um, yeah. So once they did that, we, I dove into it and, uh, once the new episodes started coming out and they were vibrant and new and like moving around and visual again, it was, it, there were, uh, there was a lot of response on Twitter, just like positive yeah, stuff. And but so these are from people that are watching every single episode right. and like, really know spongebob and like the hardcore fans that you would see at comic-con right waiting in the spongebob squarepants the average line. person walking around is like oh is that show still on or <laughs> like they don't know you know but so um you got a couple kids yes you're totally a dad <laughs> yeah yeah you're married with two kids right yeah and uh also shout out to your wife LaShonda. Yeah. I love her. I don't and really Adele. know her, but I, <laughs> I know I like her already. And his daughters are Adele and Harper. Yes. And I had a question for you, which is uh how do your kids react to the fact that you're working on these cartoons that they see on TV? Do they understand it? Harper doesn't quite get it. Right. She's too <laughs> but uh, as a I, young woman. I, yeah. <laughs> she thinks it's awesome. Um but Adele, who's just turned seven, she she understands it and uh i think she's starting to understand it more and she really didn't care about spongebob at all yeah like up until very recently and it's like a switch went off in her brain 
and and now she just can't get enough of it. Wow. I don't know. I think that's the show that because she knew I worked on it before the switch went off. She could care less to watch the episode. Yeah. But um, something happened. So uh, she thinks it's really cool. But um, she'll you know, if something goofy happens on the episode, if someone gets knocked in the head or whatever, she's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> oh, that's so funny yeah. that she's asking, like, what was yeah. the, like, what were you thinking? Why, why would you do that? Why'd you come up with that? I'm like, so uh, if she has like a SpongeBob themed birthday party of her friends, do you, you're like, I can't even go. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Tom <laughs> Kenny shows up. Yeah. Right. I, I can't escape. It is, it is everywhere. It's on everything. Yeah. Every piece of merchandise and yeah, every, you know. Which is something I was going to ask. Like, do you remember the first time that you saw your work on the television, like on Nickelodeon? Yeah, it was on uh, for Penguins. And um, yeah, it was really crazy. But I mean, that's like, that was a CG show. So it's yeah. like, even though I drew it, it's like, there is kind of a couple steps removed. So you had like your initial stamp on it, but then yeah, it was it's kind like, of colored over It's that. like, oh, that's my idea or that's my joke, but it doesn't, you know, it's not my drawing. And then breadwinners, uh, it really like, that's a 2d show and it, they really did a good job at keeping the, uh, the artist's hand in it. And so you could really see my drawing in there yeah. and I could still see it in SpongeBob, but it's still like two people removed from someone cleaned up my drawing. I see. And another animator in Korea drew it, redrew that drawing. So it, there's a couple steps removed. But okay. So 80 year old grandma do. wants to know. So 2D. Yeah. I'm assuming that means two dimensions. Two dimensions. <laughs> I, CG means like. Like 3D. Uh, computer like graphic. Computer graphic. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you have to, I don't like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So think uh, like Pixar is CG and then. Okay. 2D is. So two funny. Okay. So 2D means like it's animated and then there's not. It's a drawing. It's a drawing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gear switch. What kind of childhood did you have? Oh Were your parents God. supportive? Did they think that you should be an artist? Did they say, no, don't be? Uh, were you a rebel? Were you kind of like? Um, they were super supportive um, of me drawing and making art, and they never questioned it. Um, they put me in art classes, or they put me in an art class yeah. when I was seven or eight. And it was really like pretentious and I didn't like it. <laughs> I was I was trying to draw cartoons yeah. and like funny dumb stuff. And, and they're, they're like, like watercoloring birds. Yeah, paper mache <laughs> a mask and things like that. And uh, yeah, so um I had the same thing. Yeah. I, I drew like I remember I drew um like this guy and he had an ice cream cone and the ice creams like were stacking up like into infinity into the sky <laughs> i'm like oh that's pretty cool and they were like what is that like why why did you draw I'm like, oh, i gotta get it out of this uh, i would love a character that's like a seven foot tall like ice cream cone i feel like that's actually I, i'm getting some ideas here because i feel like ren and snippy even for example would be something that some parent somewhere would probably be tell those kids like don't draw that that's like crude or whatever right but yeah i think i was at the perfect age of you know, I think it was 11 or 12 when yeah. Ren and Stimpy came out and my dad thought it was really funny. So, um, there was, you know, nothing holding us back then. My dad was so out of touch. He did not understand it, but he knew I liked it. Ren and Stimpy. And he'd call me. I remember every Sunday morning it was on and it was like, Oh, come downstairs. Rune and Snoopy's on. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> God. Every, and yeah, every week it'd be a different name. <laughs> Rankton Stampy or something. I'm like, okay, dad. All right. Thank you though. But, yeah, so it was it was one of those first cartoons that I think 
uh, we still see the the aftermath of that creativity. Yeah, I think before that, like um, cartoons in the '80s were just toy commercials. Yep, yep. It's like He-Man, and you know, like they were made to sell toys, and then that came around, and it was the one of the first things that was like this is made by a person uh, with a clear vision, and he loves cartoons, and yeah, it was wacky and weird and fun and colorful and just different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just going to switch. I'm like, I speaking <laughs> of Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> yeah, <I was> uh, <laughs> there's been kind of a big backlash as of late, but I don't know if you can talk about it, about the sexual harassment thing. We've had that Me Too thing right. kind of like picking up some speed here, especially in the industry yeah. of entertainment. And that has uh, sort of like beat down the doors in the animation industry as well. You've seen a lot of people get, be affected by that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think the creator of Ren and Stimpy, actually, John Chris Falusi, is one of those guys mm, who mm-hmm, has been bye. absolutely mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> outed for some pretty shady business. Uh, Can you talk about that at all? Uh, I could. It's it. It didn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and it's it's uh, all out there on a BuzzFeed article if you search John K. BuzzFeed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he. Um, it was kind of an open secret. Even I had heard of this before I worked in animation, but he had a 16 year old girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like a 40 something year old. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he, they were going out till she was 22, I think. Um, and then just like, uh, harassing, you know, other women. And, and I think he was using his power to kind of write to young Oh, yeah. like yeah. oh, you like the show? And and oh my gosh! Write, you yeah. should get an AOL account. And oh we can my talk gosh! Back and forth, and then kind of, you know, yeah. it's kind of weird. It is weird, and there's—I don't even know what there is much to talk about other than uh, it. it <laughs> have you seen the the industry change because of this? Well, and also like the way that you have to write. Do you self-edit any more than you kind of would now? I think in the past couple of years, we've all seen, like, especially in comedy, right. there's just like this, like, this giant offense that everyone is always offended by everything lately. So are you kind of just like, whatever, I'm still doing my thing? Or um, I don't because I, I'm pretty aware of what I shouldn't do. And I'm not going to write anything to uh, that would fall in. in your humor and your work has always been uh, clean and fun. And like no need to be vulgar, like more goofy. Yeah, than yeah and, yeah, and no goofy. need to like yeah. address certain things. Like I've never known you to be political. Uh, I just think that you. Uh, That's all know. my life is. Yeah. actually. I I say, except what's up with like the Trump, Trump hat everywhere, <laughs> Trump mug. <and> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have seen a shift in like they haven't changed things here. But SpongeBob came out in '99, yeah, and it's based on older cartoons, and you start to realize like. A lot of things that could fly before may not quite fit into oh, today's yeah. culture. Yeah. Like, I think there was just an episode where there was a hobo, you mm-hmm. know, and the hobo was doing something. And, and then I think there was a note. It was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be making fun of the homeless. Or right, like right. The, these, like, cartoon tropes yeah. are now like, well, that's a real person. And so yeah, I, I don't I, think they're making any changes necessarily, but, like, there's a lot of older... Not, they're not old, but like they've been around for a while writing cartoons. And I just watched Singing in the Rain, and I had seen it before, but I watched it again, and I'm realizing like all these things that there's no fucking way they could put in movies now. 
not even just like racist stuff, just the way they treated women, the way that they just acted within each other, the way they treated gay people or the idea of gay people. It's like right. none of this could get made. Yeah. None of it. And it's so interesting that uh, we have made this change almost to a degree that's maybe a little too far. Right. If I can like, say that. Yeah. What's kind of the most like racy show on Nickelodeon, basically? If I had a dollar for any every time I thought about racy shows on (laughs) Intel, or the most I guess like that pushes the boundaries. Hmm. I don't feel like we have anything like that anymore. I don't think Nickelodeon is that that company. But do you think that there is another uh, studio that really pushes it? Um, Is it Cartoon Network? Maybe Cartoon Network, but um, yeah, because they have Adult Swim, right? Yeah, and then um, things they do with Steven Universe, like LGBT, yeah, you know characters and stuff like that um on the loud house which is a show at nick um they had like the main character's best friend his dad's he has two dads and which is kind of like a interesting twist does spongebob have a sexual orientation no i think they've uh remember like a few years like years ago like all these conservatives were like he's gay and he's pushing this gay agenda on the kids (laughs) and all this stuff and uh steven hillenberg who created it is like no it's not he doesn't he doesn't ever have a girlfriend he doesn't ever have a crush but he never it's never even a dress he's a kid he's a sponge basically. he's like yeah. yeah so like he doesn't kids don't think in that way yeah you know they don't have a sexual orientation really um that that they they don't the realize they even have, have to have something like that until right. they're told they, they may do. have feelings but they're not yeah you know i am this you know yeah also yeah. does the illuminati push their agenda on you to draw specific symbols in there. That's Meryl wants to know if you're in the Illuminati. This I don't know if interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get escorted out. <laughs> okay, we'll just... <laughs> if we take you out to lunch later, just tell me all about it for real. Cause <laughs> no, we're getting into it right here. Okay. These guys in black suits with briefcases <laughs> and they have a pyramid on the briefcase <laughs> in gold. I'm not saying they're Illuminati. Okay. But... I pick up you know, I get scripts I right mean, after they come. Okay. So it's you're kind of like the Kanye West of, oh God. Yeah, of animation. We just had a conversation on the way here how she thinks Kanye West is, is one of the most enlightened people. He uh-huh. really is somebody uh-huh. that she looks up to. <laughs> He's having a breakout, not a breakdown. Ugh. He's freeing himself Ugh. from mind control. And I was, like, <laughs> I, I was like, I hate Kanye West so much, and I have forever. Brent's drawings on it has helped me right now, and he's <laughs> slipping it under the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, what do you think about the Illuminati? Because this is something that Meryl always wants yeah. to talk about, and you and I have talked about Meryl without her in the room. Right. I'm nuts in person, right? <laughs> 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 Well, the thing I always uh, okay. So you think the um, the Eminem is a clone, right? Oh my gosh, you know that's okay. so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really happy to talk to you because I okay. feel like SpongeBob would be something. Yes, that they, it would be. Yeah. I mean, if yes, I mean, it's a big cultural yep thing. You're a conduit to the masses, and I'm so excited to talk. And to you as about far this. as I know, there's nothing in it okay. that is pushed or a, an agenda that's pushed or anything okay because you seem like I will, really i'll put that on the record just so my joke doesn't go down is like so <laughs> <laughs> we're only gonna Artist use that snippet that, yeah <laughs> uh but uh the eminem clone when did they clone him um i believe 2006 i think he was in a car the accident. fact that she could even okay. pick out a year to me is just like i was right. getting that confusing when avril lavigne died and they replaced her uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I always get the two. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's really uh, she's really booming out there in the public eye. Avril Lavigne. Well, her clone isn't really. As far as I know, clones work. They're born. They would have to make the Eminem clone like forty years ago. Yeah. Because he doesn't age three times as fast. Two thousand seven. He doesn't come out of a. <laughs> tube as a person it would be funny uh, if you brought that up and it immediately put the biggest crack in Meryl's like theory yeah. like, oh yeah okay never mind what he's not no when I saw him at Coachella when I saw it at Coachella <laughs> <laughs> it had uh, one less toe I think how did one you less toe so I don't know I had, that you saw his toe I had, on, it was the desert I was drinking was a lot but I sandals swear. Um, no, he was in like, I don't you're, know. You're full of shit, Meryl. You're full of <laughs> shit. She's, she's telling me she has, he, she's at Coachella. First off, have you ever even seen pictures of Coachella? You don't get real close to anybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, you were so close that you saw that he had one less toe. Yeah. That means he didn't have a shoe on. I forget if he had a shoe. Yeah, on. I can oh, just boy. see Eminem and his hey, Birkenstocks. He has 10 less toes <laughs> and laces on his feet. It might have been 50 Cent that came out that had one less toe. I can't remember. You can't even remember your bullshit. Or Dr. Dre joined it. Joined for some what? Songs, it. The, it? Yeah. <laughs> Lizard people. But this makes me interested to hear because I feel like SpongeBob would be something that I would think I, like, oh, this is infiltrating the the minds of many so this would have some type of like symbolism or anything like that i feel like um Ooh, this is a good one I'm, I, I'm excited <laughs> me too okay so uh okay, tv shows in general i would mm-hmm. imagine and movies and um especially animation is really hard to make on a really small time scale with a lot of different people and a lot of moving parts and uh i feel like everyone is just barely getting the work out as it is without a huge agenda or some overlord like kind of trying to sneak in uh right. messages right, right, you know right. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like um you're like if this palm tree had like a third eye or like a all-seeing eye or something you don't right. have time to do that <laughs> right. it would go through so many people to get it to be done right right you know, it's be- like uh, okay so i get a script and i have five weeks to do this episode and I'm completely left alone. There's no one coming in and saying, Hey, uh, you know, you got to put in this number. Well, what's that number? Well, you'll see later. Put it in. It's nine 11. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Okay. So, but what? I mean, okay. But, th- but then, it, then oh. you, you already talked about, it. it goes through so many other phases where someone else would have to be like, what's this nine and 11? Why are we keeping in here? So what's and then up it goes with to another the... thing is like, what it, is this still in here? It's like yes. so many people are involved. So why just does the Simpsons what? have predictive programming then? Like right. so, why? Right. Help me, help me! You're. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just get escorted out of the Help me, <laughs> because it explain does. Explain predictive yeah. programming to the it's to our w- listeners. Do you want to explain it, or do you want me? Uh, to no, you go for it. Okay, my belief of it, and I'm phrasing now things of this is my belief because people have start, stopped wanting to be my friend and everything. Is my belief <laughs> is that <laughs> it happens. Uh, so Simpsons sometimes like a few years ahead of what happens. So they'll have episodes about like a poster or something like that that has little hints of like 9-11 or Trump being president or like little social nuances that happen. And I'm not quite sure whether or not because they're on like another, they're time traveling or I'm not quite sure why it is, but Simpsons has like many, many examples. I love that Brian knows about this, Mm -hmm. of predictive (laughs) programming. Okay, but a Trump being president, I can imagine that being a ridiculous joke back when Trump was in the limelight because he's an idiot. Only an idiot country would elect him. That's the problem. Right. Ba- but back in the 80s, he was on Oprah. They, that clip's been around online of, are you going to run for president? Because he's a, you know, yeah. a, a well-known yeah. guy. He's rich. rich. Guy. He's, a, yeah. you know, he's kind of 
He was that was like at a success president. was really picking up at that point. So yeah, yeah. that so might be it, the worst it, example that I use. It, There's other like ones. Sure, I, I think The Simpsons has been on for 25, 30 years or something, something like that. So it's like you give them enough, uh, you know, time and episodes to something, it's gonna something is gonna come something's out. Something's gonna come out, and then like the nine eleven thing, I've heard that before. Like, uh, I think they go to New York. Uh, Bart holds up a paper like, like a, a magazine and it's or, like yeah, yeah. it's like it costs nine dollars and 11 cents or nine dollars to for a bus and then there's the twin towers right there yes but uh you know someone but but, but someone drew was, that new york was famous for the twin towers and to go to new york and get a newspaper for nine dollars is kind of a ridiculous amount of money to pay for a newspaper right so it could just be a simple joke and then you're joke. drawing the lines. Ha, ha. I laugh at the simple joke. <laughs> <laughs> so they make the Simpsons like a mile from here, right? Like just down the street yeah. in another building. Yeah. Someone drew that magazine cover. Did someone tell him to draw that magazine color cover? Because like he's just a worker bee. Yeah. He's like just, me. He's just he's just a, a Brian. Drawing a drawing, drawing a prop. Yeah. So that's what, what I always challenge. We can her go on. find the guy. We can we can uh, ask around, you know, to a couple people who work on this instance. Oh who gosh. did this? Who did that? Yes. Who was the prop yeah. designer? No, Brian's not saying season. that like he's going to uncover yeah. the this conspiracy. Oh, I've been like after for this for no, lunch. No, 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 no. He's what he's saying is <laughs> it's kind of a ridiculous idea, I Meryl. Like, we have the afternoon free. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just got, I thought we were really going to do this. <laughs> oh my, my point was God. we could eventually get to the guy that drew that specific cover. Yes. And find out he's just Because that's what I think is like Beyonce's dancers don't know what they're doing, really. It comes from like 12 steps above. But I don't feel like you're getting that handed to you. I I feel like I'm not seeing as much of that as. That's for sure. Okay. (laughs) Man. Now, when you see sponges in your kitchen, are you like, I'm so over you. And if you have a bad (laughs) day at work, do you take your sponge and like strangle it? Yep. Because <laughs> I do, but I don't work out. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God. Um, Meryl. We got to make some phone calls to I the know. Simpsons. I know. Jeez. I am keyed up. I am very excited yeah. about this. Well. Roll call! And now it's time for the camper of the week. Uh, this is from Courtney from Chula Vista. Okay. And she she wants to know, Brian, what is your zombie apocalypse plan if you had to have one? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, yeah, you got two kids. You got to think about this. uh, We've talked about it. Me and the fam have talked about it. Uh, I might have to ditch them. (laughs) 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 Because uh, LaShawn does a little, like, you know, under pressure. She gets a little, like, oh, no, you know, freezes up. Or, you know, she's going to be the one that trips. Like, if we have to run, Uh, she's going to trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, sorry. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) You're like, like, oh, my gosh, that's funny. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then uh, the kids are so loud. Uh, So I'm not saying ditch him right away you're gonna try it'll but make an effort it's like you Slowly know that out. those scissors are on the line like ready to go so <laughs> that's a very good one uh, did you see the quiet place no that's what i was oh thinking can't of. talk about it it seems okay, like lashonda would be your, be the one to make the to trip on the marbles and make the noise oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah yeah i'd be she, that person too well yeah. the other thing about lashonda is uh she's deathly afraid of ghosts and yeah old things yeah because i remember when you guys moved into your house it was like 
what was it in the 1960s it was built she's like that's too old no she was like when we were in san diego we'd look at apartments that were built in the 70s and she's like oh hell no we're not (laughs) this is definitely haunted oh my gosh we're gonna have to have you guys over then for dinner and tell you that someone did die in our house oh my gosh she she will not come over that's how we got like a good discount on the place that we just bought now so we moved to burbank where everything was made in the 40s like post-world war ii and we our apartment was like 45 or something <gasps> and she's like uh-uh <laughs> it was me and Bo looking at the apartment and she's yeah. in san diego yeah. and i had to put Bo on the phone <laughs> tell her how good this apartment is please and I, I just had so to be we like, can listen, move here it's so awesome and it's, it looks freshly painted With and lead. good new wood yeah. floors <laughs> and, and like listen you can't hear any of those chains rattling in the background <laughs> there's a corpse in the wall <laughs> anyways later like years later i don't know if i told you this but we had a plumber come by and he was fixing something. He's like, Oh yeah, they used to, uh, back in the fifties or back in the whatever, this used to be a horse graveyard (gasps) (laughs) because we live right on the, like the, there's like a ranch and horses that all up in that neighborhood and and stables. And so like, yeah, I guess there's a bunch of horses, uh, buried (laughs) under our apartment that you're scared (laughs) to death to go in. And so I always make, you know, clippity clop noises. Oh Oh, uh, man. Two coconuts. Yeah. (laughs) And then we bought a house and it was, you know, 1942 or something. And she was just like, oh, my God. You know, so. But it's okay here now. So funny. I'm not going to do any better with the zombies. Yeah. So So I like that your plan is to leave. It's not like take care of my family. I love that. I think that's the best way. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself. Oh, sorry. That's me. Oh, okay. I'm fiddling with the desk. (laughs) You're like, click, 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 click. Bo, what would you do? You'd probably leave too. I feel like you'd pull pull a Brian. Uh... I thought about this. Um, well, I'd want to go someplace that was uh, protected enough, but had food. That's a, yeah. the thing. Is, the thing that's going to be hard is if you're trying to hide out and you don't have any food, They're you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I always thought like, I wonder if I could get into a, like a Costco or something. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in a Costco, right? And there's only a couple en- entrances, and a lot of them are garage doors. So it's really just a front glass door. Like that's a pretty good place. I think I hit a Costco, and, and you can hide there. in like a yeah. bulk bin. There's yeah. bedding, there's chairs, there's yeah. food Pretzels. for a long time. There's there's a lot in there's Did medicine. They sell guns? I don't know. Because that would be. I know. I'd want I a gun, but I think I would. I would totally make uh, a Costco. See, I feel like people that shop at Costco are already zombies. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I went here. I'm like, I don't shop in bulk. This is like, this is not me. <laughs> like, I don't need bulk. <laughs> Only the undead shop in bulk. Something <laughs> yeah. tells me you have a plan, Meryl. A zombie plan? Yeah. No, just a plan in general. <laughs> yes. What are we talking about? A zombie plan. Um, Mine would be, oh, yes. Mine would be like trying to ration with the zombies and maybe like think about how they're feeling and try to break them down that way emotionally. You're going to have a conversation with the undead. Just be like, how does it feel? What, what are you, a psych? <laughs> I would be like a medium for zombies. <laughs> Listen, why are you, let's talk about what the real problem yeah. is. I'd be like, why are you so yeah, angry? Yeah, I got bit by life? somebody dead. Now I'm dead. Right. So I would just try to reason with them on an emotional level. Oh, I hope I yeah. hope you make it, man. Maybe join hands, do like a zombie meditation or something. Let How does know. you chewing my arm make you feel? Because <laughs> <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> well, let right me know, let me know, Meryl, if you need a five-gallon drum of pretzels. Okay? <laughs> I will. <laughs> I got you covered. Cool. Well, I was going to ask you before we let you go. Do you spend a lot of other time like drawing non SpongeBob stuff or by the time you get home, you're like, no, I don't want to draw between like a very full time job uh, and kids. It's hard. It's really hard. But um, I'm working on a 
couple things that are in development mm. at a couple different things. So I'm kind of forced to, you know, get up and, you know, yeah. draw till 2 a.m. or something, you know, like, which is really hard. But, uh, yeah, I bet. But you yeah. persevere. Yeah. No, I have to. Yeah. That's all I could do. I'm so proud Until of you. Until the zombies come and I ditch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to do a little bit s'more. See my boo and see my bow and now it's time for a little bit s'more. Oh. Oh, yes. So this is the part of the show where we ask people, hey, what are you into outside of your job? Outside of what you're actually into? Is there something out there in the pockets of hobbies and things like that? New mm-hmm. albums you listen to? Other shows that you think someone should check out? A podcast? A book? Whatever. Oh, gosh. Um, I just saw... I'm kind of... Well, I saw um, A Quiet Place, oh, which nice. is really good. Yeah. Um, and... I'm a, kind of a year late to this, but I saw Florida Project, which is on mm. Amazon Prime. Is it good? It's really good. Okay, I'll shut up. Don't say anything about it. Go see Florida I, Project. I will only say, and this oh, is not no. a spoiler. Oh, great. I don't know how this director got so many, uh, you know, the kids to do what they did and the, the performances. Really... They It's so natural. Like mm. I think Willem Dafoe is the only real actor in it. Mm. And it's so um, real and natural and gritty. And mm. it was really good. And yeah, so I'll, I won't. Check. I definitely that's something I've been wanting to check out. So anyway. I'm not really good at watching TV. This is not yeah. the place to say that, Nicholas. No, no, this is not. <laughs> actually, it was great the other day. Uh, she kind of came back to us and said, like, we had we had said, oh, watch The Handmaid's Tale. And she comes back. She's like, I watched it. I really liked it. And then her boyfriend's like, wait, no, you didn't. You hated it. She's like, well, I watched the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and then he's like, well, you said you hated it so much. She's like, I didn't like it at all. I'm like, why are you telling because us you I like it? I was in a social situation. And it gave me content just to say something. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to just come into a party saying I don't like something. I wanted to start off on a good note with everyone. Even if so it's a I lie. had to lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like when you say you're bad at watching TV, I picture you like with your back to the TV. <laughs> like I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I can never face. I'm a fraud. How does this even work? <laughs> I f- actually feel like cartoons are perfect for me because I have Flashing absolutely no colors. attention span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think eleven minutes, you're done. Yeah, exactly. You're like a seven-year-old. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> I can be easily brainwashed, and yeah. Brian, you're awesome. Yeah, you really we love are. You. Thank you. We really do. We can't wait to see what you do next. So good cool. luck, and uh, let's go take a tour. Yeah, let's yeah. take a tour. Hey, Where can people find out more about you yeah. and see all your work? And besides, like you personally, uh, I've been posting a lot on Instagram lately. What's your handle on that? I think it's just my name, Brian <laughs> underscore Moranti. You're a hell of a you're a hell of a player. I know. I what never look it? at it. Uh, just Brian underscore Moranti. I think. And, and Moranti's M O R A N T E. Moranti. Yay. B R I A N. Yeah. Brian. Uh, <laughs> awesome well thank you so much cool awesome all right see ya bye bye this episode of campfire shit show was produced by bo hufford and meryl climo it was edited by bo hufford and the theme song was produced by me your friendly camp counselor jeremy stack hey campers if you want to be the next camper of the week email campfireshitshow at gmail.com Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at Campfire Shit Show. And please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs>